If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. For all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim, this is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright, shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. This is senior writer Jay Kokorowski hanging out in the Vivid Seat studio with John McNamara, editor, recruiting analyst for BadgerBlitz.com and Rivals.com. And, of course, folks, use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first-time customers only. John, we, yeah, we took... Sunday off, nice, relaxing, kind of, yeah, that was our bye week, if you will, for podcast, the first podcast of the week. But now we are full speed ahead, going into the final four games of the regular season for the Wisconsin Badgers, number 13 in the college football playoff rankings. Maybe we'll ask about, we'll talk about that a little later. But, of course, number 16 in the nation, taking on the number 18 Iowa Hawkeyes. On Saturday, 3 p.m. Central Time on Fox, uh, Tim Brando, Spencer Tillman on the call. Of course, for those that are listening via radio or streaming on radio, Badgers, Badger Radio Network, Matt LaPay, Mike Lucas, Mark Tosher, Patrick Herb. And this is going to be a big game. Obviously, a and essentially, unless the Big Ten West gets weird in these final four games, this final month of November, an elimination game for the Big Ten West. And... There is a lot riding on this game besides the Heartland Trophy for Wisconsin and Iowa. Yeah, you know, I think that's what makes it exciting. Um, like you said, you know, the loser of this game is essentially eliminated from the conversation of, uh, you know, coming out of the West. And, you know, right now it's Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, and Iowa. Obviously, with Minnesota being undefeated right now, they have the, the inside track there. But uh, I think we learned a lot more about Minnesota uh, this month, you know, starting Saturday and um, you'll find out, uh, you know, who uh, is going to come out between Wisconsin and Iowa. And, you know, it's it's a big game for a lot of reasons. Obviously, there's a rivalry game. And even going back to the recruiting stuff, you know, Iowa is a team that's really coming inside the state of Wisconsin and, uh, you know, recruited the state, uh, put a lot of emphasis on, on Wisconsin kids. Uh, you know, they have 15 guys in the state of Wisconsin on their roster right now, and that kind of speaks to, you know, the effort that they put to, uh, recruiting the state and obviously Nate Stanley is their starting quarterback and uh, he did have an offer from Wisconsin. Paul Chris made a, a, a late attempt to to get him and he'll get his last shot at the Badgers on Saturday. So a lot riding on this game, you know, in, in terms of the rivalry and, you know, obviously in terms of uh, the Big Ten West and what team might uh, emerge from that contest to, to make it to Indianapolis. Right. And you'll hear folks in just a little bit from Tom Kakert from Hawkeye Report, our rivals cousins that cover Iowa football, basketball, and more. And he, we talk about the Wisconsin connections and, and with it for this Iowa program and a great discussion with Tom had a lot of fun with him too. So you'll hear that in about maybe five to 10 minutes, but with Wisconsin, there's going to the updated status report is what refer, Wisconsin refers to it as the status report. For those that don't know, essentially they lay out the injuries that they report out there. One name was added for Thursdays, and it's reserve cornerback Samar Melvin. He is out with a head injury. He was more. He only played in two games. That included the Ohio State game. And obviously, for those that saw on BadgerBlitz.com, we had an article up on about him and Leo Chanel and Keanu Benton, three true freshmen that have played on defense, and, and now uh, he is out with that head injury. So for Iowa, though, and this. John kind of gets to our point too. Coming off the bye week, it, it seems like it helped Wisconsin a lot. 
With Iowa, though, they're still missing what their leading receiver, Brandon Smith, with an looks like an ankle injury. And it appears talking about that those Wisconsin connections, you know, Christian Welch appears to be out as well. Their leading tackler, Wisconsin appears to be nearly as full strength as possible, but Iowa's got some injuries to deal with still. Yeah, and I I think that's a the a big part of this game. And you know, we talked about Welsh and he's their leading tackler and Smith, you know, their leading wide receiver. And then, you know, Tom even came on uh for his article, and I think you'll hear in the interview as well, and said that uh, you know, their their top tight end might be out as well. So uh the injury bug seems to have hit Iowa a little bit harder than Wisconsin. You know, both teams coming off that bye. Um, you know, Wisconsin has a pretty clean sheet with like with the exception of Melvin. Uh, you know, who you know, it doesn't really factor much into this game. He's a, you know, true freshman who's played in two contests so far this season. Obviously, you'd like everyone, you know, good and ready and full strength to go. But, um, you know, I think there's worse positions to be hit by an injury than Samar Melvin uh, being on the injured list this week. So, uh, yeah, Wisconsin looks pretty clean. I think it's a good sign for the Badgers, obviously. And, uh, you know, Iowa has some pretty key injuries, and I, I think that'll certainly factor into the game. Of course, folks, go to BadgerBlitz.com, too, because that preview that, John mentioned with Tom Kakert from Hawkeye Report, really good nuggets of information from Tom, and he's on top of things, and he'll be in Madison, too, covering the game. I'll get to see another Rivals friend up in the press box at Camp Randall Stadium. But before we get to that interview with Tom, there are some big visitors coming. And for those that subscribe to BadgerBlitz.com, which you should, in the Badger's Den, John has been compiling this list since the bye week already. And starting off, it's going to be big for both football and basketball, but for, but on the football field, they have quite the talented running back in terms of Jalen Berger coming to Madison this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jalen Berger, four-star kid from uh, New Jersey. And, you know, obviously you hear running back and you hear New Jersey and Wisconsin's had some pretty good success there. Um, and obviously with, with Ron Dane and into Corey Clement and obviously Jonathan Taylor as well. So, uh, you know, he's a name that's been on Wisconsin's radar for a, a long time. Uh, Wisconsin offered pretty early in the process, but uh, I believe he came out even with the top 10 that didn't include Wisconsin, but the Badgers have found their way back in the mix and they'll get their shot at him uh, this weekend. Uh, you know, huge opportunity for Wisconsin. And, you know, we've talked about this for a while. Um, you know, Wisconsin's class is, has had a lot of guys really since the summer they've, they've, you know, hit on a lot of, you know, positions of need and, you know, running back is really the, the remaining position of need in this class. They're looking for one scholarship guy there. Um, and they, they've yet to get a commitment from anyone, uh, you know, a lot of intriguing targets on the board, but, uh, you know, the, the next guy on the list is, is Jalen Berger in terms of getting guys on campus for official visits. So, um, you know, in, you know, where he kind of sits after the visit, um, you know, it's, it's kind of up in the air. He's talked about making a decision potentially uh, at the uh, Army uh, All-American game. You know, does he take any more official visits? I think he will. Uh, what schools he will take official visits to, I think that's up in the air. So uh, I think there's a lot of question marks going into this visit, and hopefully he'll have some answers uh, after his visit wraps up on Sunday. So you laid out some of the names in the Badgers then, and folks, it's one of the reasons, a big reason to subscribe to BadgerBlitz.com because you get this insider info, and John has laid out a bunch of names already. But for those that, you know, maybe just a little bit of a, a tease or a morsel of that info, who else on the football side is coming to Camp Randall Stadium this weekend? Yeah, you know, they, they have a few other uh, guys, and like you said, Jake, I've, I've laid out a few uh, in, in the Badgers den, you know, there's, there's some guys in the 2021 class to, to certainly keep an eye on. Uh, another guy to watch in that 2022 class, actually, uh, a kid from inside the stage, Jerry Cross uh, from Milwaukee King. And I had a chance to go see him play this fall. And, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken very highly of him. And he's, he's one of the more physically, gift, physically gifted kids uh, that, that I've seen from inside the state since I've, you know, since I've been doing this job. Um, you know, he's awfully impressive. Uh, I think, you know, if, if he kind of continues to develop the way I think he can, I think Wisconsin will offer at some point, um, you know, you kind of go down the list. Uh, TJ Bowlers is another guy from Iowa uh, who will be on campus. This is his second time visiting uh, this fall. You know, his third time, if you count back to when he visited in June, I uh, took part in camp and also took an official visit. So, you know, he's definitely a big time target for Wisconsin, in the 2021 class. So, uh, you know, you only have two home games left, and you know, obviously, Wisconsin likes to to showcase 
uh, you know, the university on, on home games. So they're, they're trying to get as many kids on campus as possible. And, uh, you know, I, like you said, Jake, I've been adding to that guest list, uh, you know, just about every day for the last, you know, two weeks or so. All right. Talking basketball then. It, obviously, it's a big weekend uh, for football, but who's coming for basketball and, and what impact could this player have on a particular recruiting class? Yeah, Julian Roper is going to take his official visit from the 2021 class. And obviously, Greg Gard and his staff have done an excellent job already with that group. You know, you look at Chris Hodges, who's committed already, Matthew Moores, Chucky Hepburn. Um, you know, Roper would be an excellent addition to put with those three already. Um, I think there's a chance that, that Wisconsin could get things done this weekend. Um, I also think that, you know, Roper could want to play things out a bit more because, you know, especially for basketball guys, it's, it's, it's still pretty early in the process. Uh, you know, Roper's just getting ready for his junior season. A lot of these top guys uh, will even play out their last AAU season as well. So um, it's, it's impressive that Wisconsin has got three commitments already from, from, you know, three guys in the, in the, in the rivals 150. Uh, Roper's also in that group as well. We have him as the, the 138th kid in the country. So uh, Wisconsin, I, I think, definitely leads at this point. Um, you know, they, they've done a great job from, from really the start with him. Uh, he's teammates with Lauren Bowman, uh, who's committed in the 2020 uh, class as well. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things working in Wisconsin's favor. And like I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he committed this weekend. I also wouldn't be surprised if, if he kind of extended things to, to get a look at some other schools as well. Uh, this is his first official visit, and, um, I, you know, there's obviously a lot of other schools in contention for his services uh, besides Wisconsin. Let's go to our conversation with Tom Kakert of Hawkeye Report. He helps us break down just what Iowa's done this year, They're the good, the bad, and what to expect on Saturday from Kirk Ferentz's bunch. Here he is on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Joining us now, looking at the Iowa Hawkeyes from Hawkeye Report, our rivals cousins that cover Iowa athletics. Tom Kakert is here. Tom, thanks for making time for us. And once again, that annual tradition of the Heartland Trophy is on display once again in two teams that pride themselves on physicality. And basically, it's a de facto Big Ten West elimination game. Yeah, and uh, Iowa hasn't seen that big bull in uh, a little bit uh, either. I mean, they've had it had it in 2015, and before that, it was it was away for several years. So, you know, in the last decade, that that bull hasn't been uh, in Iowa City. They've collected all the other trophies, but they haven't collected that one very often uh, since uh, 2010. So, I yeah, I always I love this game because it's just kind of old school uh hat on hat big 10 tough rugged football so always look forward to this game on the schedule and coming into the matchup of course both teams six and two three and two within the big 10 conference in terms of conference play what's the general feeling you've gotten from the team after their bye and and having this ability to you know kind of recharge their batteries as well like wisconsin has heading into a big matchup. Yeah, it's. I, I think they're pretty anxious just talking to the, the guys on the team on, on Tuesday, and they seemed re-energized. It's weird this year with two bye weeks, one of those rare years where you get two byes, and I think a lot of the guys actually like it because it gives them a little more time to rest, recover, um, you know, because it is a, it is a grindy season. So, um they're they're looking forward to to getting out there and and you know much like Wisconsin the goal every year one of the goals on the board is probably win Big Ten West get to Indianapolis win Big Ten title you know so forth so on so um, this game just takes on so much more added importance because it is you know an elimination game with Minnesota off to their start. Um, both Iowa and Wisconsin probably going to have to knock the Gophers off at some point, and maybe both of them to um, to to uh, make it interesting. So, um, yeah, this is the, everything on the line kind of for both teams this year, right in this game. Now, before we dig into more of what could happen on the field inside Camp Randall Stadium, of course, a 3 p.m. start on Fox, which 
instead of being 230, that still feels weird to me. But with the recruiting aspect and, of course, being part of the Rivals Network, you know that there's a lot of Wisconsin ties with the Iowa program and, and where they recruit. And who's, I mean, obviously Nate Stanley, Torn Young on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, uh, Christian Welch as well, where there is some Wisconsin. But how has you how have you seen Iowa recruit the state of Wisconsin in recent years and, and grab talent and develop them to be major contributors? Yeah, it, and it's gotten even more important, I think, in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, simply because um, they they need uh, you know they they've they've hired an assistant coach Tim Polisek who uh you know who's who's really uh a Wisconsin guy at heart. I mean that's where he grew up is Wisconsin. So he's uh you know he he's gonna recruit the state. He got you know Cody Ince who's a backup lineman, uh Jack Plum, another lineman, uh got them out of uh the state of Wisconsin. Uh Nate Stanley, Torn Young, Christian Welsh, I mean they they're there's going to be a Wisconsin feel to Iowa football as long as Tim Polisek's on the staff. And looking at Stanley, you know, and, and this offense, we, you fo- folks for that are, that are on badgerblitz.com, you'll know, you know, you'll see the Q and a, the written Q and a that I had with Tom and his great insight there. But for those listening to the podcast, what exactly has stood out about this offense where it's averaging close to 400 yards per game going in, but averaging under 25, what has Nate Stanley done in his, you know, for his year this year, but also where have you seen the offense possibly struggle a little bit or, or succeed too? Yeah, it's, it's been weird uh, offensively. You know, last year they averaged 30 points a game and uh, moved the ball pretty well this year. It's, um, you know, I, I, I kind of term it almost like empty calories where they've, they've been able to really drive the ball pretty well from, 20 to you know 30 yard line uh you know just cross get across midfield feel like there's something going and then just had a lot of drives uh i die it kind of just before the red zone and it's just it's been a source of frustration we saw that a lot um when i went up to ann arbor they were driving the ball uh fairly well against michigan but then they get you know, they dial up a blitz and, and there goes the drive and they get behind the sticks and it's just can't ever recover and end up punting from midfield. Uh, it just kept happening over and over again in that game, Penn state game, some of that. Uh, and it's just kind of carried over. Um, in, early in the year, they were running the ball really well. Um, the first four games they were averaging over 200 yards a game on the ground. It was a big emphasis going into the season to, you know, try and amp up that run game, get more explosive runs of 20 yards or more, um, average four and a half yards of carry. And they were kind of hitting all those, all those markers. And then uh, last four games, it's just kind of drained out. And they had one uh, rushing yard against Michigan. And that was, you know, because they count sacks. So it really kind of skewed things. And then they only had 70 against uh, Penn State. And Iowa's record, I think they're now, um, you know, when they rush for over 100 yards in a game, they're like 40 and four since, you know, like 2014 or something. So they, they've just, they've had a great success when they, when they're able to, um, to run the ball for over 100 yards. But when they don't, it's, it's almost an automatic loss. I mean, they, with the, the last time they won, uh, a game when they ran for less than 100 yards was the, the Outback Bowl against Mississippi State, and that that's just really an anomaly because they don't win if they don't get over 100 yards. So that's just it's it's been kind of just it's a weird it's been a weird year for for them in that regard offensively, and then on defense it's been weird because they just haven't had as many sacks as last year and interceptions. They haven't created as many turnovers, but they've been able to sustain a, a pretty good level of, of defense. I'll say too, going to the defense. I know you mentioned on this Q and a that Welch appears not, he's not going to go. The Wisconsin native no. won't be able to go on that, but which will be a blow. He's a leading tackler for the Hawkeyes this season. And, but you know, you mentioned just with the, the running game for Iowa, 
their run defense on, on, on the flip side has been fantastic. Eighth in the nation, averaging, you know, allowing under 90 yards per game to opponents. And uh, what makes that defense tick? And just how potent is that front four for the defensive line for Iowa? Yeah, a couple of things with the defense. Uh, the, the the starting four are really good. They And really, they, they've got kind of a starting five. Davion Nixon, another Wisconsin kid that we should mention. Um, he's, uh, he's done really well this year, um, you know, as coming out of a, a, a red shirt year and, um, you know, not playing last year. Uh, he's, he's really shown a lot of development. I think he's going to be a, a, a really good player down the road. Um, but, um, they don't have a lot of depth at the defensive end. So that's kind of always been a cause for concern this year with Epinesa, who everybody knows you know, potential All-American player coming into the season, potential, you know, first-round pick in April if he decides to come out. Chauncey Golson's really good, um, but they just don't have a lot to go beyond that uh, on the line, so you worry about fatigue. If, you know, Wisconsin's grinding it out, that's going to be a problem for them. So they're going to have to try and manage the game that way. Um defensively they're just really sound that's the kind of the phil parker method is uh you just play good solid assignment football um they've been playing a little bit of the what they call cash personnel where they have um dane belton a true freshman come in and play kind of basically like a big a big safety is essentially what he is uh in, a, in large part but he is uh I think they're probably gonna stick with their more traditional four three this week. So Nick Neiman will be out there. They'll have three linebackers and 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 whenever uh Wisconsin's in kind of the eleven personnel uh with three wides, then maybe Belton will be out there um filling that role because they it's funny because of the Wisconsin game last year was was the moment that Phil Parker decided to go to this Cash personnel would take a linebacker off and put like, and they moved Imani Hooker, who's now with the Tennessee Titans, um, move him into uh, essentially kind of a, a rover linebacker, nickelback, uh, they call it cash personnel. It kind of changed the shape of Iowa's defense, and they really took off after that. Um, and it was the end of the Wisconsin game that, that made them do that because Phil just kind of got tired of getting beat by uh, slot receivers uh, being put on linebackers. So um, they're just sound, fundamental, uh, smart defense. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't give up a lot of big plays. I think they've given up six plays uh, over 30 yards. They've given up no runs over 20 yards this year. The only team in the country not to do that uh, at this point in the year, which is pretty impressive. So that's just kind of the base. But they They've got 16 sacks. They've got, which is down from, you know, last year they had 35 sacks on the year, so they're just not getting as many of those. Uh, they've only got six interceptions last year. They had 20. So it, it's weird that they've done well because most defenses that put up really big numbers tend to have sacks and um, and interceptions. Um, and the big one of the things that the coaches mentioned last week was the concern for them and why those numbers are down is because they haven't won first and second down as much on a regular basis. And that's, I think going to be a focus from here on out this year. Wrapping up with you. What are your keys of the game, Tom? And what is your game prediction for Saturday inside Camp Randall stadium? Well, um, you know, I usually put my prediction out on Friday, but I, I've kind of just got a feel for this one. It just, um, it, I just feel like I was kind of running into a, a, an angry badger this weekend after coming off the back-to-back losses. It just kind of sits with you a little bit that um, Wisconsin's probably at home going to be pretty dangerous this week. I think for Iowa to hang in and, and make this interesting, I do think it's going to be low scoring. I, you know, it just seems like uh, even though the over-unders at 38, I, I think it's going to be a challenge to get there. I, you don't see either team, going above 30 unless something kind of goofy happens where you get, you know, returns for touchdowns or you get uh pick six, things like that. Um, I think it's just going to be a grinder for Iowa. The start's going to be so important because if they get off to a rough start, 
you know, say Wisconsin, who I think just about every game, maybe except for Ohio State, they've come down and scored on their first drive, put points up, and six um, out of every six it, of the eight drive opening drives have gone for touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and they do that. Yeah, Iowa's confidence probably goes out the window. I think there's you worry about the scar tissue from the last trip up there offensively because Iowa only had 66 yards of total offense and Stanley played his worst game as a Iowa quarterback. I think it was just, it was so weird because they were so great the week before two years ago when they put 55 points on Urban Meyer and Ohio state at Kinnick stadium. And then they get 66 yards of the next week of total offense against Wisconsin. So uh, I you worry about scar tissue. You worry about Stanley pressing. He's admitted that he pressed two years ago. Uh, you worry about that happening again. So I I think this is probably like 2010, something like that. Wisconsin is that's kind of my guess right now. Yeah, it's going to be low scoring. We have two defenses that are what third and tied for fourth in the nation, and what they've done so far this year. I think it's going to be it's going to be a typical Wisconsin Iowa smash mouth type affair, in my opinion. Uh, and it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens, especially with the temperatures falling. Now we're in November. We guess got snow up here. I'm not happy about it because it's so early in November for that. But uh, Tom, we appreciate your time. Uh, before we let you go, though, what can you tell the folks about what to expect from con- uh, content-wise from Hawkeye Report leading up to the game? Oh yeah, I'll have my game preview that everybody can check out. Uh, you know, I kind of dive deep on both sides of the ball run versus run pass versus pass and uh, dive deep on that on Friday mornings. And then, uh, you know, Saturday I'll be up there and I usually do a kind of a live from the press box thread that, uh, that we always put up a couple hours before the game and do updates on, you know, two deeps, if there's guys missing things like that, uh, you know, different changes that might, uh, might be happening uh, with the two deeps and, you know, who's starting, who's not kind of stuff so it's just ongoing thing that you know, we get kicked off probably i'll probably get that started about one o'clock on uh on saturday great to hear looking forward to meeting you in the press box don't be yeah. shy uh and thanks yeah. for your time <laughs> well thanks okay. for your time and we'll, we'll talk to you soon tom okay thanks jake big thanks to tom once again for coming on the badgerblitz.com podcast now before we take a break let's talk with keanu benton Drew Freshman nose tackle from Janesville, Craig, talking about what he's seen out of fellow true freshman Leo Chanel and then Samar Melvin, along with how he's improved and more. So here he is, and we'll take a break from there. Stay tuned here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Uh, we're here with Keanu Benton, and, you know, first off, how was the bye week for you and for the team? Have you seen, you know, just recuperating maybe focusing on school, but also, you know, coming back after the after those two losses? Um, I, I mean, the bye week after, after, like, everybody, I feel like they're just trying to get their body right and not focus on the losses and try to focus on getting a new fresh start. So our week of practice was pretty good, and then when we had a physical day Thursday, I felt it was amazing because everybody was doing good because our bodies was fresh. And then we're going to come back this week with – fresh bodies and just go off basically so not trying to focus too much on on the loss but how did it feel getting your first career sack in the horseshoe uh, i you know i know maybe the snap was a little off there but how does it feel tackling justin fields and then you know on a big play early in the game getting that first career sack uh i mean that was definitely i had a lot of adrenaline going in me my team my teammates were pumped up they were pumping me up and then which led me to keep having a good game, although our team didn't have a good game, but I felt like I had a pretty decent game. And um, just like, I wish it was in a in Camp Randall instead of the horseshoe to have a more vibrant like celebration. <laughs> but it, it was still pretty fun, and it was a eye-opener on like what I, I actually want to get more sex, and it was just awesome. What's been the biggest change for you? I mean, I know I talked to you, I think, during fall camp and you're still adjusting, you, you know, you're two weeks into being a college football player, essentially with practices. How have you seen yourself grow in, you know, in the past two, three months? I've definitely been handling the blocks more. Like it's been easier to see the blocks and then the physicality part. I mean, I've been getting way more physical with guys. Getting, I got stronger and like I know how to, like I know what blocks I would see by the back, like the 
set in the back. So like I've been picking up a lot, on a lot of clues and having a lot of less mental errors. In terms of strength, is that are you seeing that in the in the bench and the squats and the cleans on too? Yeah, well we haven't maxed, but like I can definitely feel it when I'm pressing off guys and like shedding the guys and stuff. It was harder in the beginning of the year, but it's way easier now. In terms of how are you seeing other true freshmen play? I, I know Samar Melvin's played in a couple of games. He played with you, you know, in the horseshoe. Leo Chanel, uh, as well, even though he's had a you know the head injury. But what stood out, you know, about seeing your fellow first-year players step up on a defense that's among the nation's best to, uh, statistically? I mean, it feels awesome. I love when Leo playing and he starts growling and just looks huge out there. Samar, I feel like he. When he gets more snaps on, like when he gets more snaps, he'll get more comfortable. But I can definitely see him being a little shy right now. But when we start getting in more, I mean, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a great change. Oh, back up to Leo. He growls on the field. Oh, he screams like if he does something good, he screams and he just looks like a monster out there. How much does that wrestling background help you? It definitely helps me with body leverage and knowing knowing like when I can shed, like when I can do certain moves. And like it, it helps a lot with hands, footwork, everything. And that, folks, was Keanu Benton. Big thanks to him for taking some time out on Monday, talking about obviously what you heard before, just his improvements, his progression, his wrestling background, and more as he heads into a big rivalry matchup, his first against Iowa. And if you're still looking for tickets to the game, you can't miss this. It's one of the three rivalry games. Make sure you have your seat to the game with Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is a top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back called Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled into Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And when it's time to buy, new users enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. And of course, November is one of the great sports months of the year. Why is that? Obviously, we'll see it firsthand inside Camp Randall Stadium on Saturday with rivalry rivalry matchups. Wisconsin Badgers, Iowa's Hawkeyes. The Badgers have two more rivalry games against Nebraska and Minnesota coming up. For those that love the NFL, the NFL season is in full swing. The NBA just started up. So much more going on. College hoops, college basketball. I'll be down at the Cole Center on Friday night to watch Wisconsin and Eastern Illinois. So of course my bookie is the place to get in on the action. And if you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. Uh, for instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Uh, of course there are props, future futures and in-game betting available too for NFL lines, NBA lines, NHL and NCAA hoops as well. So if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra thousand dollars in free money to play with. Just use promo code overtime to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code overtime to take advantage of my bookies, generous sign up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We are back on the badgerblitz.com podcast. Thanks for listening to those ads, folks, as we work to attempt to make some money. Being truthfully honest there, I'm Jay Kokorowski, senior writer. We got John McNamara, editor, recruiting analyst of badgerblitz.com, joining the show as always. And let's get to the keys of the game. You, you heard from Tom Kakert and what he had to say about what Iowa will bring to the table on Saturday in Madison. But we always do this for these games. John, some big keys. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. What are you predicting, or what are your keys to the game for Jack Cohn, Jonathan Taylor, that offensive line on Saturday against a very formidable Iowa team that 
is a top 10 unit overall scoring defense, rushing defense, total defense, and, you know, still among like the top 30 in third down conversions as well. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's easy to say, well, you know, Wisconsin needs to get Jonathan Taylor going. Um, I, you could say that about every game. I, you know, I just think that Wisconsin needs to take some chances downfield. Um, I think that's, you know, something that was maybe lacking, uh, you know, in, in the Illinois game. And obviously I think Ohio state was a, a different situation. I just think that, uh, you know, the pressure that they're getting on the quarterback was, was different than they'll see all season long. Uh, no, that was just a different ball game, just different talent on, on both sides of the ball. So I, I just think that Wisconsin, you know, it needs to take some chances through the air. And, you know, they have the receivers to do it. I think they have the quarterback to do it. So I, I just I would like to see them, you know, maybe spread the ball out a little bit more and, and get it done through the air. Um, because, you know, this this is a good uh, Iowa defense that you talked about, Jake. Uh, I think they're pretty stout against the run, although I think Taylor, you know, can get going. He, he certainly has that potential. Um, but I, I just think that Wisconsin needs to, you know, open it up a bit more uh, because I, I think that that's something that, you know, th- that can kind of pace them in this game. Because, you know, if, if you can get that kind of grind it out, slug it out game, you know, I think that's where Iowa can kind of stay and have a shot towards the end of the game. Yeah, I'm I'm on the passing lines as well. Uh, I know you're honing in on the, you know, throwing down the field, stretching the field that way. I think with how Iowa has defended so far, they are averaging 87.8 yards on the ground allowed per contest in Wisconsin. And I've, I know on badgerblitz.com and some articles, I've called out just what the averages have been in for since the Northwestern game, really, if it wasn't for a 66 yard touchdown by Kendrick Pryor against Michigan state, that 222 yards goes down to <laughs> drastically to, uh, you know, 156. Uh, so really, this team needs to, obviously they want to run the ball, as you mentioned, John, but I think a lot of it's going to be on Jack Cohn and can he deliver? You saw mostly positive results against Illinois, except for that really being honest, that one interception late in the game, in that fourth quarter, that was crucial, but we've seen him be accurate, throw deep outs. He's been able to stretch the field and put the ball, even where there've been incompletions, only where the receiver could make a play. I think that needs to continue. And I think that also starts with Jake Ferguson too, and him outside of that Ohio state game reemerging as a receiving target, as you saw against Michigan state, as you saw against Illinois too. So I think a lot of it's going to be on the passing game and to get just to move down the field, gain those yards. They can't, I don't think they can rely on the run game as their bread and butter right now at least. And so we'll see how they adjust and what Iowa throws at them, but it's going to be obviously the, the battle at the line of scrimmage is going to be huge on both sides of the ball. But I think through the air, Jack Cohen's going to need to step up and have a big game for them to pull off a win against a really good Iowa defense that they may not turn over the ball a lot. They've got 10 turnovers created this year. They've only sacked quarterback, what, 16 times. So that's going to be, you know, the tackles for loss are going to be huge with the defensive line, but I, th- I think for Wisconsin really, you know, air it out and see what they can do if that run game gets bottled up early on. So defensively, John, uh, your takes against, you know, talk about Nate Stanley. You talk about some decent receivers. Jim Leonard praised them saying that they were very talented uh, and, and playmakers uh, earlier on Tuesday th- on, on this past week. But what do you think? that Wisconsin needs to do against this Iowa, this physical, stereotypically physical offense to lock down once again inside Camp Randall Stadium in a big rivalry game. Yeah, I think Nate Stanley is going to give you some opportunities uh, for turnovers. Um, you know, we talked about the injuries that uh, that Iowa has on the offense inside of the ball. You know, obviously they're going to they're try to run the ball, but I think Stanley's going to give you some opportunities. He's been inconsistent you know, his last handful of games against good defenses. Um, so I, I think Wisconsin has to capitalize on those, uh, you know, opportunities that Stanley gives you uh, because I, I think Wisconsin does have an advantage with Wisconsin's defense versus Iowa's offense. So, you know, when the opportunities are presented to you, I think it's going to give you one or two chances to, you know, obviously uh, reel in an interception and, and, you know, create a turnover and, and maybe change the landscape of the game. So 
I guess my key is when those opportunities present themselves, Wisconsin needs to capitalize. Yeah, I'm going to say make Iowa one-dimensional in their ground game. You know, Tom mentioned it in the Q&A preview where, the, you know, the written Q&A preview, basically that you know, Iowa has not run the ball well in the last four games. And this is going to be a point where, you know, the most they've run, essentially they, they ran for 123 yards against Northwestern. That's been the most in the last four games. They had one, and Tom mentioned this, the one yard against Michigan when sacks were uh, basically factored in like college football does. So that's a little skewed, but really Wisconsin do what they've done previously in the first six games compared to what happened against Illinois and what happened against Ohio state lock down that run game, make Iowa one dimensional. And as John mentioned, just release those, those edge rushers, those linebackers. And I, I see good results. I think the secondary can make up for not great games, at least against Illinois and Ohio state. I think they have a chance to obviously get a new start, right? The ship. And it all starts, I think, you know, obviously make Iowa one dimensional. And then on top of that too, I think tackling needs to be talked about just because, you know, Jack Bond mentioned it after the Illinois loss wasn't up to the Wisconsin standard. It'll be interesting to see if that is corrected as well. And maybe a week off a week to recharge the body, a week to refocus or a week to just catch up on schoolwork. If that's, I mean, that's stressful too. These are student athletes. These are 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids that have to juggle an athletic career with, Obviously, there are students at UW, so you know, there are always those external factors outside of the field that could play in. So this bye week, I think, came at a perfect time, and we'll see just how their tackling looks on Saturday. So, um, you know, we forgot to do this, John, by the way, and apologies to Badger Blitz subscriber J underscore Suddy so, uh, for this, but we haven't done over-under predictions in a while, and I forgot to put up the mailbag uh, questions uh, this week. I'll get that up early or late Saturday, early Sunday, but let's do some over under predictions. Um, total points for this game. I mean, we see these two defenses right now, Iowa 10.1 points per game. That's third in the nation. Wisconsin allowing just 11.4 points per game. That's tied for fourth with Georgia in the FBS. So according to the action network, the total for points right now is at, 38 John that's according to the action network John over under do these two teams combine for 38 points on Saturday yeah that seems a little high uh I was hoping for a low number and I would go slightly over but with 38 I'll take the under on that yeah I agree with you I I don't see that I mean we'll get the game predictions in just a little bit but I think it's going to be under it just the way this, these teams play. And it's always a physical matchup unless the floodgates just open up and you see both programs just something happens where both defenses break down in crazy fashion, or if there's, you know, returns or obviously on special teams or fumble recoveries for scores or defensive touchdowns. But offensively, I don't think both teams, those units won't get past that threshold. So I'll go under as well. Going to the next one. Jonathan Taylor rushing yards. Now he had 52 on 20 carries against Ohio state. He went over the century mark against Illinois, but against Michigan state 80 yards, uh, you know, on 20 plus carries, two touchdowns successful to the extent, but not over the century mark. Let's set the over under at 99.5 yards. Does he get over the century mark? against Iowa on Saturday. I'll say he gets over. Yeah, I do. Um, even though, you know, I, I, I wrote that. I don't think, you know, this is going to be a 200 yard two touchdown game for Jonathan Taylor, but I think he does find a way uh, to, to get over a hundred yards. I think Wisconsin really, you know, makes an emphasis to, to get him, you know, a, a lot of carries and give him a lot of opportunities. So I, I think he does get over. Uh, it might take a lot of carries to do that though. Yeah, I'm I'm going to say under. I just until uh, maybe it's more of a show me type attitude right now with the Wisconsin offensive line where they ran for 156 against Illinois, but that was on 3.6 yards per carry. 
with Iowa State or with Ohio State, it was 83 on 2.4 yards per attempt. And of course, we do have to factor in with rushing yards. You do include sacks where it's negative yardage there. Until I see improvements on that line uh, in terms of just the push and, and whatnot, I'll say under for now. I'm sure I'll be proven wrong at you know this game, but I'll say under for right now. I think the passing game is going to be huge for Wisconsin. That's just my gut feeling there. On the flip side, in terms of the line of scrimmage, I was allowed 18 sacks in, through eight games. Wisconsin's got 32 and is among the top five in the nation in terms of sacks per game at four per contest. I'll set the over under on 3.5. Does Wisconsin get over or under 3.5 sacks on Saturday? I, I, I think over, you know, I, I liked how Wisconsin got to the quarterback against Ohio state. I think that's one of the positives there um, from a game that wasn't very positive for the Badgers. Um, I, I think that Zach Bond's playing well. If, if, and if Noah Burks can give you a little bit too on the other side, um, I think Wisconsin can be able to get some pressure on the quarterback. So um, I will take the over. And then, you know, obviously Chris Orr, you know, cause he, he actually leads the team in sacks. I think he has nine and a half. Yep. Um, yeah, so he, yeah, he's got nine. Yep. I will say the over on that one. I will go over two. I think yeah, you mentioned with fields and that was, I think all five, if I'm not mistaken, came, before that onslaught where they had four straight touchdown drives in that second half. So they got to fields quickly and they got into them often in those first two plus quarters. So really, like I said, it's, I think they get to them or has been really dominant there. You've seen Jack Sanborn get in and by the, by the way, or is making my prediction earlier this year of a non outside linebacker leading the team in sacks come to light. So I'm appreciative of that, but you mentioned Noah Burks, you know, he had, he led the team in sacks against Ohio state 1.5, but he's had three tackles for loss in the past two games. And even though he had a couple penalties in that Iowa game, he really, maybe we we had an article on him saying that he's, I said he was Mr. Consistent essentially, but he's starting to step up there. If he gets more comfortable and gets into this groove, he could be that compliment to bond on the outside. And that could really, draw a lot of attention there and, and, and make offenses really have to figure out ways to stop more than just Bond and or so last one over under on passing yards for Wisconsin. We, we've talked about stretching the field. We've talked about the keys to the game of Jack Cohen in the passing game, getting going and, and making Iowa work in that area. Let's say over under 199 yards for Wisconsin through the air. Oof, through the air. I got to say under that. That kind of goes to back what you said, Jake. Uh, you know they're gonna have to show me. So I'll say under there, and I I'm I'm lobbying for the opportunities, uh, but I'll go under until I, until I see different. Now I was gonna say Iowa is 12th in the nation in passing yards allowed. They're about 178.1, so that's gonna be a key to watch too. And they don't like I said, there's not a lot of interceptions with that group with that defense overall, but uh, you know, that group plays well as a whole. I'm going to go over. I think Wisconsin has that passing game out there where there's so many targets, Danny Davis, Quintus Cephas, Kendrick Pryor, AJ Taylor, Jake Ferguson. And then you have Jonathan Taylor on the backfield too. I think they get something going. I'll say over because I think they're going to have to. And if, you know, if they do get behind, that's going to be one thing where they'll probably have to continue, you know, push forward. And this might be a game where in my opinion, Wisconsin may need to throw the ball more to open up the run. We'll see if that comes to light on Saturday, but those are my thoughts getting the score predictions before we let everyone go. Does Wisconsin cover for that matter? And what is your score prediction for Saturday? Uh, yeah, I, I have this confidence in Wisconsin, uh, this week. I, I do, you know, even after coming off of, uh, a head scratch against Illinois and then, uh, <laughs> a bloodbath against Ohio state. Um, I, there's something about this team that I still feel confident about. Um, I, I think the Big Ten West title hopes still stay alive. Uh, I'm going Wisconsin 24 to 13. Yeah, and just letting everyone know, the line's at 9.5 with Wisconsin's a favorite. I'm going to go over, and I'm going to say Wisconsin 24, Iowa 10. I just, I don't, 
based off of what Iowa's done, and granted, that defense is so good where the most points they've given up this season's 20. Their offense really has not showed me a lot. And if I'm not mistaken, the most they've scored in conference play is 30 against Rutgers in the second game of the year. So in my opinion, I think Wisconsin's defense holds. It's at home. I think that's huge. I think some of the injuries on both sides of the ball for Iowa, the two big ones, Brandon Smith and uh, Christian Welch, will play a big role. I'll say, like I said, two touchdowns, Wisconsin wins. It was not going to be necessarily pretty, in my opinion, but Wisconsin moves on, and then they go prepare for a road contest in Lincoln against Nebraska and a disappointing Huskers team that is, that will have to figure out what the, what their identity is going forward as well. So, But, John, before we let everybody go, what is coming up on BadgerBlitz.com this weekend and what's ahead next week? Yeah, football, basketball. Uh, we have football at the Cole Center. Football at the Cole Center. We have basketball at the Cole Center Friday night. Uh, we have football, obviously, at Camp Randall on Saturday. So we'll have uh, coverage of both of those events. And, um, you know, going into Sunday, we'll, we'll have coverage of, you know, all the visitors who are on campus, um, hopefully getting in touch with as many as, as we possibly can. Obviously, you know, Jalen Berger and Julian Roper are top that list. And, uh, you know, going into next week, uh, we'll have, you know, more of the same coverage that you're used to. And then uh, next week is uh, signing day on Wednesday for the 2020 class for basketball. So uh, that'll be the first time Greg Gard and his staff can comment on those guys. And uh, I know Jake, you're ready to talk to the staff about, uh, you know, them, you know, obviously Greg Gard will put out something uh, through the media, but hopefully talk to a few assistant coaches to get uh, a little bit more in depth about uh, Lauren Bowman and, and the Davis brothers and uh, Carter Gilmore as well, who's uh, joining the class as a preferred walk on. So uh, as always, it, it's a busy time and, uh, it's a great time if you've been thinking about subscribing to to give BadgerBlitz.com a shot. You can find us, of course, Wisconsin.Rivals.com. For Facebook, We have, obviously we post our articles up there, Wisconsin Badgers on BadgerBlitz.com. Twitter for John at McNamara Rivals, me at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O. And, of course, the official BadgerBlitz account at Badger underscore Blitz. And then with this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. On top of that, tune in. And if you guys go to the Score WI, which is for the Score up in Madison, uh, up in Appleton, a great radio station. Our friends BJ DeGroot and Brian Butch. We're our podcast is located on their web page as well, so that's great there. And feel free to give us reviews, folks. We love five star reviews. Why? That allows us to you know expand our popularity. We want to make this the best and the most Wisconsin Badger-centric podcast out there, and we need your help. Uh, Five-star reviews are great, but be honest. Give us some genuine feedback. What can we do better to make this podcast, you know, like I said, take it to the next level on that end. So on on that note, too, you know, Sunday we'll recap the Wisconsin-Iowa game. We'll talk basketball. We haven't talked about the St. Mary's match or the loss in overtime to St. Mary's in South Dakota, but we also didn't get a chance to talk. You know, we'll talk about Eastern Illinois, and but also what's coming up in the next week, McNeese State and then Marquette a couple of Sundays from now. So we got a lot coming up. We got basketball. We got football. We got recruiting. Stay tuned, folks. We got a lot more coming in the next coming podcast here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast on Overtime Media.